0: it was five in the morning the ocean was like glass it was so beautiful it was hot and i was like what is this is gonna be really fun
1: you're listening to skip intro with me krista smith it's always a good day when i get to sit down with kate hudson We've just wrapped up a photo shoot for Q, and we are settling in for a long-awaited chat about career, kids, and, of course, her role as Bertie J. And Ryan Johnson's much-anticipated Knives Out follow-up, Glass Onion. Raised by mom Goldie Hawn and stepdad Kurt Russell, I've always been interested in Kate's unique perspective on the industry and the no-nonsense nature with which she navigates it. After her breakout in the critically acclaimed film Almost Famous, Kate made her mark in the rom-com space with starring roles in films like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, You, Me, and Dupree, and Bride Wars. While continuing to win over audiences worldwide, Kate simultaneously established herself as a savvy businesswoman, co-founding Fabletics, King Street Vodka, and In Bloom, all while raising three beautiful children. Writer Bing and Ronnie today. I'm looking forward to catching up with Kate, reflecting on her Glass Onion experience, and finding out what she has coming up next. All right, Kate Hudson, it is fantastic to see you, be with you, spend some time with you, so photograph nice. you, now talk to you. Yay! Uh, so thanks for coming on the podcast, of course, and thanks for this whole setup, which is like magic. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to talk about Glass Onion, it's so much fun, it's so good, dare I say. As good, if not better, than the first one. And you play Bertie J, which is a character that everyone loves. Like, you just fall in love with this character for all of her flaws. and um... Many flaws. And, you know, it felt that
0: way on the page, too. You know, you kind of fell in love with Bertie reading the script. That was part of my great desire to play Bertie J was, like, you know, hoping that Ryan would see me as the person, right, to to play Bertie J. Um, Because on the page, she was just as vibrant and as hilarious as she ended up, which... Was really fun for me to see
1: come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Well, what's great about her too is obviously she's got some zingers that are amazing. Like the lines are great, <laughs> so but it's physical. There's a lot of physical comedy here yeah. too that you get to do.
0: Yeah, I, 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 when I read Birdie, I think that was the first. I, it's the first thing I talked to Ryan about was that I, I saw her physicality immediately. So like, I mean, I, I love to dance, and when I was younger, I trained as a dancer. Even though I wish, I, I wish. I'm definitely not a dancer anymore, but that was the first thing for me. I was like, Oh my God, the, her body language, like it felt like a dance to me. Like I felt like I could just move into that body. And, and I thought, you know, that's something that, you know, you want to f- feel as organic as possible. And I knew I could d- bring that to birdie. And I, and I said that to Ryan, like, I just can see the, I can feel the walk. And um yeah and that that was that was really fun for me to to play with and even how tactile she is, and everything to mm-hmm. me was like you know a movement for Bertie. What was it like working with Ryan Johnson? Oh, he's the best he's also i i we're we're all we're on these group texts, you know our whole glass onion family, and he's such a good writer, even when he's texting, he's a good writer, like he wrote this thing the other day to us. That was just so Ryan Johnson, you know, and um, I'm like, I I feel lucky that I even get texts from this writer, Um, let alone know him and love him and now be friends with him. He's such a wonderful man. Like He's just funny, generous, so talented, clearly, and kind. I kind of put Ryan in a category of one of the great directors working right now, and working with him never felt like that. I never felt intimidated by him in any way. I felt like he w- he was so warm and gracious. It was like he wanted us to you know be center stage. There was there was there was nothing about Ryan that ate up any air in the room. He only like brought more oxygen and I just loved
1: him. Mm. So coming Together with Bertie J creating it, right? Like, mm-hmm. so creating the walk and creating the kind of the way she talks and the cadence. Yeah. And, and working with that, with the costume director, because the clothes were amazing.
0: The first Knives Out was amazing. And then Jenny brought this whole other layer to Glass Onion. It was like the colors and everyone's so specific. And walking into her fitting room was like, You know, it's like why you get into wanting to become an actor. You know, I walked into that fitting room and I just saw Birdie everywhere. Mm -hmm. The silhouettes and the fabrics and the glitter and the prints and all the jewelry. I feel like it's not very often that you get to sort of create these avatars of a character. You know, this you could feel that, like, each person has an iconic feeling about them in the costume. And that's what Jenny is trying to kind of create to help us get into these characters and 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 that was that was a huge part too it was like you know slipping Birdie on and just like getting right like it was like getting right into her I mean that first costume I wear well not the first one the, the sort of the the one on the dock with mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. the pants suit with the, the big hat. walk like really birdie's entrance to me which was so much so much fun to do getting into that costume was like I don't know how you can't get right into character. Mm. I feel like I can speak for everybody on that, that everyone had that feeling and experience with with Jenny. And also collaborative. I mean, Mm -hmm. I brought in my friends. We did some custom jewelry, which was so great. And also maybe not the smartest thing because we're, like, on a beach. We didn't even think. Like, we're like, oh, we'll take all this fine jewelry (laughs) (laughs) to a beach, you know? (laughs) And I'm running in these, like, opal gold earrings. And Jenny's like, do go. Lose the earring, you know, I'm on a water boat, you know, on a on a water boat, um, on a boat in the water. And yeah, so it was, um, that was pretty funny. And then there's the other part of Birdie, which is there's a whole bunch of layers that I played with that was really fun. And I think she's quite tragic, actually. And I think all of these characters are tragic. And, I, and you have to base some of that in when you're playing some characters that are so comedic. You, it's so important to have that underbelly. I mean, it's where you find a glimmer of hope in a character that is so terrible. <laughs> like, like all, does the awful things, you know. If you can see the cracks a little bit, I think, then, then you can kind of love to hate them and then inevitably maybe just kind of love them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Really working on that was was fun too, and Ryan gave me so much opportunity to build
1: all of those layers on this character. I know she says some hateful things, but yet we we love we love her when she's saying them. Like yeah, when she... she's talking about it, it's like you feel, and that's why I, for me, I and I know I've said this to you uh, privately many times, but for me to see you in this part, I was like, yes, <laughs> it's so great because it's one your your timing is just perfect and you're so invested in in birdie J that the audience is as well like we there's just not one false note we're with you the whole way thanks and that means a lot it's great to see in this ensemble and this bigger ginormous behemoth of a franchise yeah it's so great to see it all working i
0: felt really honored to be a part of it you know it's the business can be challenging and and there's a lot of times where you're like you know put me in the game coach I'm like sitting on the sideline you know and I think Ryan really gave me that opportunity right now to be in something you know these movies aren't made very often anymore you know these sort of bigger franchise this is a franchise but it's also a different kind of franchise which is really refreshing and um and we just, you know, they're few and far between to become a part of, to to be a part of, and and so the fact that Ryan wanted me to do that in the be like immediately was just, I was so excited, you know, because it's it's been a while since I've been in a in a production like that, and um, so it was it was really fun, and then to be back, you know, promoting a movie. I mean, I've been like momming and business oriented and then to be back in this sort of creative space, all these amazing actors. I was like, Oh, this is why I love it. Mm -hmm. So I'll always love it. You Mm -hmm. know, I think some people after working in our industry for a long time can feel exhausted by the process and, and, and kind of, I don't know, beaten down a little bit Mm -hmm. by the amount of criticism and It's because especially for women, I think it can get really like hard. I think that's why you see so many women kind of stepping a little bit away after a while. They just need a break. They're like, oh, because it's there's so much scrutiny, you know, with the great comes the the bad. Like it's always a catch 22, I think, for for women. I I I, like love it so much that I just I don't know how I figured out how to like cut all that noise out, but. I think I'll always want to just be a part of this little weird, wild, creative world Mm -hmm. called movie making, you know. Mm -hmm. And so this movie was really a reminder of what the best of that is for me. It was like, oh, I'm working with these incredible actors, which always puts you on your best game. And with amazing writing, with a director you feel absolutely completely held by and and like this is this was the dream you know when you're a little girl and me for me like witnessing great directors working with my parents you know I'm like it's still magic I think the same magic that kids feel when they're watching movies and and they're not behind the curtain I had the same feeling getting the glimpse behind the curtain and seeing the magic and, and, and every once in a while, like Kurt, and my dad will say every 10 years, you get, you get the good one. You mm-hmm. know, you get that, that, that feeling again. That's like, oh, yes, like that felt exactly like what the dream was always.
1: And that's that's really what this experience was for, mm-hmm. for me for sure. Yeah, I think of Kurt. I mean, I remember he was like a com, uh, computer who wore tennis shoes. Yeah, yeah, like he'd been at it a long time. <laughs> like he was, a, he
0: was nine. Kurt was nine years old. That is just crazy. his first job was in an Elvis movie, and he kicked Elvis's shins on the boardwalk. That was his very first job, which is
1: kind of it's like so crazy. What was your very first job? Like the first time you were when you had front, a spoke. A word, yeah. Part, Party of five. That was my first
0: and job. How old were you? I was uh, sixteen, and my okay. mom actually let me do it because it was only like you know a couple days off of school. Um, but I started auditioning at sixteen, and then and then my first job job was this little weird movie called Ricochet River in Bend, Oregon, um, which was so. I mean, I the the memories I have on that movie are more vivid than like memories I had on other films that I've done.
1: Of course, it's your first one, right? Yeah, Yeah. I mean,
0: it was uh, it was really fun and and dramatic and just so many kids, young kids, and you know, it was that was
1: that was a really good first experience. Now, were your parents discouraging at all, or were they encouraging? No, my parents aren't like that. My,
0: they're they're super encouraging. I think their only their only concern was the why, you know, which was like, what what is it that you find so appealing about this life? Because for them, it's like, you know, when you when as I know now, you know, you, you know, when your kids, it's like Ryder. He he's definitely going down the same road. If you have a performer child, you know it from the beginning. I think that was how what they knew about me. They just wanted to make sure that I wanted to do it because I really loved the craft, not because it was, like, about, you know, the, the notoriety or the validation or the fame. And I think very quickly Kurt realized, like, that... I mean, Kurt more so than my mom, but Kurt, you know, asked me, he was like, if, if I told you you'd spend the rest of your life... Doing community theater, and you'd be supplementing your finances doing another job. Like, what, what would you say? I'm like, I, I would. I'm like, what do I would be doing community theater. He's like, then you're in the right business. Yeah. And I think that's the right way to look at it because it's so tumultuous. You know, you, one minute you're up here, and the next minute you're there. The one was you're up here, and then you're up there, and then, And it's like that. I think every actor has had those experiences, even in the in, in great success. So I was really prepared for that part. So, so
1: because of that, I think they were totally encouraging. I mean, also I will say that I remember vividly when, in in the big like commercial sense, when everyone knew Kate Hudson was obviously almost famous, right? That was giant. That was big, yeah, that Penny was like Lane. A like, like We still use that character name for someone that can always like get in so anywhere. Amazing. It's like
0: you know, that, writers generation that movie holds up so much that even his friends are actually like quoting it or knowing who I am through that film you know which is to me just such a testament to that movie I mean the fact Mm -hmm. that it holds up like that and then every generation is discovering it so cool
1: yeah. And you were nominated for
0: an Oscar. For I was, <laughs> I was. And I remember, I remember the first, like, you know, cause it's that, the, the whole like couple months. And I remember I as I was like, like when a golden, like the golden apple. And I started, I started like, I remember my uncle, my uncle, Marty Martin Short, um, gave me this award very early on. And I remember looking, I was 21, you know, I'm looking up and I'm like, uncle Marty's like, honoring me. I was like, what is happening? It was just such a whirlwind. And simultaneously I had fallen madly in love, which really grounded me during that time. Cause I really just wanted to like be cozied up with my husband, soon to be ex-husband, <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know? Um, but then back then it was like, it was a great counter. It was a great balance to what was, what was happening. Cause it was such a, I mean, I was so young and it was such a whirlwind,
1: did anybody say to you, Kate, what are you doing? Don't get married. Don't fall in love. Now you're just your your career. Now you have to focus no. only on work. No. I mean,
0: I think people ask my mom more than they said anything to me. And like I have the, that, my family is like, hey, you're going to do what you're going to do. I mean, we're such a patchwork. I mean, we grew up in a patchwork family yeah. and yet we're so close. So we're doing something right. You know, when, you know, I I know it's not. Traditional and I certainly followed the non-traditional uh, way of life, but no, my mom wanted. They saw how much I loved him. They knew mm-hmm. that that was what I was going to do, whether they, you know, gave me their permission or not. And yeah, they were. I mean, what are you going to do? No, it's you, amazing right. You either embrace it or you yeah, create no, a problem. A- yeah. So and God, I'm so grateful for that because my, I mean we had Ryder. I mean, the whole thing. I mean, he, Chris taught me everything about love. It was just, he was the best, even though it didn't end up working out. But, um, he gave me so much knowledge of like to feel unconditionally loved.
1: Mm -hmm. It is incredible from the outside to watch, uh, because you were just this like the next thing or the thing, everyone was obsessed. One, it was the perfect actor for a perfect role, right at the perfect time. All of those things, yeah. And then, in the midst of that, you get married, you have a kid, you, you, like you said, you started momming, yeah, right. And then you, and
0: then I did How to Lose a
1: Guy in Ten did Days, How to Lose a Day, which was which
0: huge. was huge. But then that what that did, which was really interesting, is then everything that was really coming my way were were rom coms. So like the way I started my entry into the business wasn't necessarily then the way everybody wanted to see me. You know, Almost mm-hmm. Famous wasn't a very big movie. Mm-hmm. It did, it it didn't it didn't it wasn't a big hit. It was a big critical hit. Right. Right. And then and then when Almost I mean then when a, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days came out and was so successful, then it was like I had a lot of awesome offers to to continue, you know, living in that genre in that world um and that's kind of how people really wanted to see me and as an actor that's a very hard thing to do because you're like oh I want to make people feel good and I love that but there's this whole other side of me Mm -hmm. I like the character actor like I really like that place like um I like doing transforming like that to me is so much fun and and so Trying to find that balance throughout my career has been really challenging, but yeah, I mean, it was it was like being shot out of a cannon after after
1: almost famous. I know it's incredible, and now I love it back on the back in the hair and makeup, back on the tour. I mean, certainly with. Uh, Glass Onion, it's like Toronto, London, premieres, awards. So fun. It's like, and once everyone sees a movie in a theater, it takes on an additional life too. It's like, that's what's so great about this film in particular. But now I look at it, you have three kids. All right. Three kids. I guess Ryder essentially is like launched, right? He's pretty launched. But you have a three year old, right? Four. She just turned four. She just turned four.
0: And then Bing is 11. So that's you're in it. So I'm in it. I'm even still in it with Ryder, you know. Yeah. Like I want to make sure, you know, that age I think is really like first year in college and and trying to find your feet, and, yeah, you know, can be it's really scary for moms and dads, you know, because you're like, you know, don't go too crazy too soon. Just like, you know, like just chill. Just Go walk into that college and just chill Pump the, the fuck yeah. out, okay? Like <laughs> it's like I don't want, I don't want him to get too excited. Um, but yeah, watching him thrive right now, that's the bit. Like for me as a mom, is really interesting because I've got the baby, then I have Bing, who's right in this, like right about to hit his puberty moment, and and Ryder. And seeing the thriving part of your kids as they become adults is, like, that's the best success story of, like, anything I I feel like I've done. Because I can see him, like, loving life. And that is where you're like, oh, God. That's all you want for your mm-hmm. kids. Because it's it's hard raising kids. In any, mm-hmm. wherever, you, where, whatever and wherever you are, however it is, it's, like, it's just... Raising kids is challenging. Um, and and so now it's kind of like, all right, well, I feel like, I think I know what I'm doing. And they're all, but they're all so different. So, like, the way I have to raise and how to, to raise Ryder is so different from how I'm raising Bing mm-hmm. and Ronnie. Mm-hmm.
1: It's interesting. I know. And I think... I. This is kind of an interesting question, but I know you learned a lot from having, you know, Goldie Hawn as a mom and Kurt Russell as a dad in this business and just how they both embrace life, their own relationship, all of that stuff. And having had the pleasure of being in their company a few times. Yeah. They're, they're absolutely delightful parents. Yeah, I should full, say they're They're, full of they're life. awesome Yeah, and full of life and all of that. Um, and your mom has her own life on, on the Instagram. Like I've never oh seen God. anything before in my life. I, honestly,
0: <laughs> she posted this thing today that just gave me like like gave me life. I was like, I mean, she literally gave me life, but like it gave me extra life. Yeah. She was, she's just so damn cute. I can't stand yeah. it. And, And but they're also my parents, like some it's funny because you know, I get now that I'm older, like I can see it from the outside. But the reality is is from the inside out, it's just it's I mean, it's it's I I would think it's like any other family, except that my parents are in the movie industry. Mm -hmm. And you know, but we moved they moved us to Colorado and wanted us to have like a really normal almost to the point where they overcompensated for that maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit too much. Like, maybe they were a little harder on us than they would have been if we didn't grow up in this world. I think being raised by those two is, and and has been interesting. They're also so honest. Mm -hmm. Again, as Oliver would say, almost too honest. Like, Mm -hmm. we didn't need to know everything about your guys' relationship, (laughs) but somehow we have, like, we would have family meetings, like, if shit would hit the fan and the family, like, it was like, family, sit down. And it was like, why are we in this meeting, guys? <laughs> it's not like, but we, but our family, Kurt's thing was, this is us. And we do this together. And, and I, I remember the first time when he basically said to my mom, um, this was basically, we had our ceremony as a family. Mm-hmm. We didn't, they didn't get married, but. But when he gave her a ring, he said to us, Kit, me and Ollie, he was like, here's the thing. No matter what happens with your mom and I, no matter what, I'm going to be here for you guys. And that was like a real aha moment for Oliver and I, that you can have a relationship with your lover, your partner, and then you can also have an amazing relationship with your children. And... And those things don't have to be mutually exclusive, that they can exist harmoniously no matter what. We just got lucky because they're still Mm -hmm. making it work. They're They're, actually cuter now than ever. I don't know what's going on. It's so cute. We all
1: idolize them. And, you know, you just you think about Kurt and Goldie and it is like one word now. Right. Basically, it's great. But knowing that you grew up in that environment, what do you hope like that you're you're teaching your three children? 'Cause I look at it and I see the businesswoman, right? Yeah. What you've done with Fabletics. I see that you and Ollie, you have your podcast, you're still just as close you're as close as ever yep. in adulthood. Um, you've done so much in terms of your own business and in control of your own image. Yeah. So that to me is super impressive. And I guess your mom had maybe you saw that too growing up, but Yeah, my mom I mean, definitely. I think my
0: mom well, it was a very different generation. I saw her having to work even harder to sort of be seen as a smart businesswoman. You know, she—I think that generation had to do a lot more fighting, and they—they—they they, they definitely had to be harder in order to get their point across. And then it wasn't always necessarily reciprocated as positive, even though my mom's track record is like a producer and, and and you know, I mean, she really was the first female movie star to produce her own films. I mean, at the time, women just weren't doing that, and that took a lot from her, like mentally and physically. I mean, she was it was hard. I remember seeing the work she had to put in. Her my mom's determination. Is 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 unmatched to me. I mean, even I see it in her foundation. Twenty years in, where she was when she started, where she is now. She, there's no one follows through like my mom. If she decides to put her mind on something, it's 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 really amazing to see. And I I don't have. I'm too much of an Aries. I'm like you know on on to something like <laughs> I you know I would have probably quit. Some of the, the, Mm -hmm. the, you know, the years that my mom's been doing her foundation, I probably would have been like, oh, I'm going to throw in the towel. Not my mom. Like, she's unbelievable. Like, that's really something. Um, And it kind of like, of course, she's such a legend. Like, that's that's how that happens. And I think that the thing for me is I hope what my kids see is, like, there's nothing calculated about what I've done. You know, I, I'm not the kind of person that ever tries to put myself in front of something. I guess I have a little bit of that, you know, what
1: is it called? Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. We all have it. You know. Honestly, if, I think everybody has to, If they're honest.
0: Yeah, I. I. A part of especially me is like, women. I don't want to, you know, pretend that I'm this person if I don't feel like I've achieved that yet. But then I think what's happened to me is that I kind of feel like the work... I want the work to always speak for itself and the success to speak for itself. I don't really want to put myself in front of it. I just want to do cool stuff and do things that I'm passionate about. And, you know, if something comes my way that's exciting, I'm like game, you know, but I've never been calculated in it. And for some reason, I've been able to not be calculated and have really great success in business and mm-hmm. And I like it that way. You know, I don't ever want to be too loud in Mm -hmm. my business world. It's not for me. Um, And I'd much rather be loud as Bertie.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know. uh, (laughs) Loud on screen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, I'm not a CEO. I don't want to be a CEO. I love the business world. I'm actually really, I kind of thrive in that environment, strangely. And I, I think that that's what I... That's really what I got from my mom is that in the room, it's a very male heavy in the even more so, I think, in business than in Hollywood.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I can see the inequity. I can see how unequal it is. It gives me fire because it's so wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do well in that environment, strangely. Then you get loud? Then I get loud, <laughs> but not in front of people, behind the scenes, you know, and I, I like it. I, I, you know, it's a different, totally, it works a totally different part of my brain. My hope is, is that whatever that female lineage is that really started with my grandmother, who ran a, a jewelry store, uh, was also a businesswoman, that whatever that Han lineage is, that it can be not just for my daughter, but... From my sons as well, that they they can see the sort of hard work that's been put into everything um, and the dedication without having to be too shiny mm-hmm. about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, that's fair. That makes sense. you know, I get that. Um, yeah, I do a lot of things. I have a lot of arms, right, and like it's like sometimes it gets a little c- crazy. Um, but at the core of it is all like a creative process that I that I just love, that I thrive mm-hmm.
1: on, mm-hmm.
0: and it makes me happy.
1: And if it doesn't make me happy, then I'm going to stop. You know, right. right? Well, what was it like to go on that first that first day walking on the glass onion set? What was that feeling like? That was the best because you guys really were in Greece, fun. Fun, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: I have this, I got to post it because the first day I literally walked on the I walked from my house down to a beach, onto a dock, into a water taxi. And that was my transportation to set. I was like, this is the best <laughs> movie ever. I mean, it was five in the morning. The ocean was like glass. It was so beautiful. It was hot. And I was like, what is, ha- this is going to be really fun. And the grease part was Insane. I mean, I, we we we're, were so set up, you know. It was like we were very, you know, contained, which was really that nice. COVID, yeah, because yeah, of yeah. COVID. Um, and then and then once Greece, you know, then we had to go to Serbia, which is a, it
1: was like it was like two different movies. Mm-hmm. Well, it also reunited you with Catherine Hahn, right? We were talking about How to Lose a Guy, and oh I'm God. so happy for her. It's so great to see her. Like Ugh. she's she's been around for a while, working and really getting she's a moment. So great.
0: She's the best. Yeah, she really is. That was really special for me because Catherine and I were really close on How to Lose a Guy. And we fell in love with each other then. We're still in love with each other. And, I mean, I auditioned Catherine. It was her first movie. And I remember she came in. And we were doing auditions for my girlfriends. And Catherine came in, sat down, started her audition, and her phone rang in her purse. <laughs> And she was like, "Oh my god!" And she's like, was <laughs> she <goes to> <laughs> a good impression. And she's like, "Hi, uh, Patrick. I can't." And she took the phone call, and I was like, "Oh my god! I love this. Yeah. I love her so much." And I remember Linda Obst, the producer on it, was like, like "Done. Like, yeah. it, yes. Like, she doesn't even need to finish the yeah. audition. She was just so. Her energy was so great. Um, and we did." I think in the audition, we did the therapist scene, and she was so funny. I couldn't even, like, do Mm -hmm. the reading with her. And uh, so, and then we fell in love, and then we were, you know, we were, like, we're friends for years. And then as life happens, as you have your kids, as you're working on different projects, we never saw each other. And so this was really, like, a real reunion for us. And when we saw each other, it was like we both could have burst. We didn't, but we both... No, I actually think I did get emotional. I, I I it like brought me got me all welled up because she was I mean that
1: was such a we were such babies. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm ready. I'm just going to say I'm ready for uh, a reunion. Uh, uh, Kate a Kate Kate, Catherine. Catherine. I think that is a I movie love or it. something that love needs it. to be seen because your chemistry oh. is fantastic. And I think people would give the people what they want. Kate. I just
0: I'm down. I mean, we were saying that we're like, we got it. Because yeah. um, she we could also just. Just put a camera on us. We'll just go, right? You know, give us like some props.
1: <laughs> Speaking give of us that some way. props,
0: and then we'll just figure
1: it out. You I know? have to ask you because Daniel told me about uh, mafias. He says it with his accent. Oh, you mafia. guys, you guys played this game in that we did. Uh, he, that Janelle came like would would bring like props and costumes, but yeah, Janelle what? somehow found or, or
0: carries with her a top hat and a cape it, when she walked into this mafia night. With that cape on i I literally was like, "Now she either went out in Serbia and found this, which I don't know. there's no way, or she she packs she packs with a cape and a top hat, which to me is like makes me love her. Mm-hmm. I, I talk about it. iconic, I mean, yeah. let's go
1: she's she's ready for any occasion, <laughs> <laughs> she's so good in the movie. so would you say that she was the best at Mafia just because of the she came the most, or is there someone?" I think we had a couple pretty good players. I mean,
0: Janelle is great. Although Janelle did keep thinking everyone was mafia and was pretty much always. (laughs) I think she just liked the drama of being like, and you are mafia. You know, and it would would most... Usually it wasn't. Edward was very good. Leslie Odom Jr. Don't sleep on Leslie. Mm. He's... He's a bit of a shark when it comes to Mafia. He's also a great host. So he hosts the game really well. Mm. And uh, Jess is good. Um, We had a couple like people that people don't know that, you know, on the crew uh, that were really good. So it was a good crew. Daniel is probably the least. (laughs) Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, no, I mean, he (laughs) was uh, was, like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. You know, like I'm like, but Dan, that's not how the game works. Like you gotta just play it. you gotta <laughs> just I mean, anybody does anybody look suspicious? He's like No. <laughs> you know, like, okay. Just well, you
1: drink. Yeah. You have your drink, Daniel. Well that's what he said. Uh, it's like in fairness, it's <laughs> pretty complicated. And then the more you drink, the more complicated it gets, I guess. Yeah. Not. But I Daniel was great when it turned
0: into a dance party, I have to say. He we got we got down. I mean, Janelle would DJ, and like Mafia would be. You know, what do you what else? What else are we gonna do? Yeah. But play Mafia and then have a dance party. We well, did I will it. say
1: that, that it really does the chemistry. You never know how people are gonna be on a shoot or whatnot. Obviously, you've been doing it for for two decades. You know, like it's you never know it's necessarily crazy. how people are gonna get along. But that chemistry really what was happening off screen is happening on screen. You feel it. You can feel the, it was like a great group. Yeah. My girlfriend, Sarah, when I
0: came home, she like, she FaceTimed me and she was like, it's really fun. I'm like, what? She's like, your whole like glass onion movie vibe. I'm like, oh, and she's like, no, really? Like, it really looks so fun. And I was like, oh, it really is that fun. You know? Um, And it was funny for her to notice that because she's not one of those people Mm -hmm. who really pays close attention to those things. So it was like, it was cute to hear that that's what it looks like because it it really, it really is. I mean, we we really do love each other. It it, it was a great, I think, I think Ryan understood. I think he knew. I think when he met everybody and he could feel it, it was like putting a dinner party together where we're going to make sure everybody were, were such in tight quarters we couldn't really play with anybody but each other so he knew that we needed to be the kind of people that could connect and have a good time and Mm -hmm. leave any ego
1: elsewhere right and that's what happened I know that you have an album I know you're wildly talented in other areas like talk about a secret talent and it's not so secret if I actually think about it because you have done this before you have like you know, sung on Glee and you were not, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's not totally under wraps. Yeah. But like your vocal range is pretty profound. Thank you. I
0: love to sing. I think that's like my happiest. Like people say like, where's your happy place? And
1: well, clearly also you like only kitchen, have children with musicians too, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> right? Like, come yes, on. I'm there's definitely, music is in your I definitely soul.
0: lean towards the music <laughs> side. Um yeah, no, look, my dad, my real dad's yeah. a musician, and and Bill and my Uncle Mark and my Uncle Brett, they're really talented musicians and uh, great songwriters, and it's just in our family blood. It's like in the Hudson, yeah. you know. I mean, Oliver Strong. maybe didn't get that bottom. Ollie might be the only one who didn't yeah. get a Hudson music gene. I'm just kidding. But then he's, the more wet in yours. His, no, but his music gene you really want to watch on Instagram because oh, he does well, great, yeah, like, early funny. morning songwriting. That's funny. I love Ollie. He's the best. So when I was little, I thought I was going to be, a, like, a singer, dancer. I always wanted to act. and But to me, like, music was at the forefront because I loved to sing so much. And so I've been writing songs for, I mean, I think that, I mean, I don't know if you'd call it a talent because we'll see if people even like it, but I love to write music. I love to write lyrics. I love to write at my piano. I love to shut my doors and turn the lights off and get really weird for hours. And then I have to remind myself I'm a mother. That's my happy place is when I'm creating music. When you do a lot of interviews, people always ask, like, do you, is there any, do you have any regrets? And I'm always like, no. That will be a regret. If I didn't put it out there, if I, and it was all because I was just afraid to do it, then I would, I would not be walking my walk about how I'm raising my kids to, like, be fearless. The one great fear of mine would be that I'd put music out and be completely rejected mm-hmm. for something I love the most but then COVID happened, I'm like, fuck it, I'm doing it. And so I'm going to do it. And and hopefully, I have no expectation, which is great for me because it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit. Like My hope is is that there are people who do like it and then it allows me to continue to write music and then really sing for people. I love to sing. People ask me what kind of music it is. I don't know how to answer that question. It's like rock, Americana, you know, kind of soulful i mean i don't there's you know I, it doesn't really have it doesn't i don't know what it fits into but i'm really excited i and i have some great collaborators so like linda perry is writing of with me and <laughs> and danny so it was yeah. me lynn and danny that wrote really the whole record and it's all my i did all the lyrics and
1: uh, and danny is your uh, again he's my yeah, partner Fuchikawa. for our listeners yeah mm-hmm. And that's a whole other lineage, because that's what I love also about whatever happens on the other side of the 405. right. Like that's what we say, east side, west side. <laughs> I happen to live on the east side, west side. It's like delineated by the by the freeway, right? but but Danny, his father was was with, yeah, with obviously Sarah Sarah That's Foster right. And my Aaron best Foster.
0: girlfriend's mom what? was basically married to my now partner's dad. So I've known right. Danny. Since he was a sophomore in high school,
1: yeah, the good, news, but we didn't hang out that yeah, much. You know, of I mean, like he was like, you know, you but probably I, didn't give him the time of day. Are you kidding? Not at that
0: <laughs> time. Although I was always very much attracted to Danny. He was always the one. There's like, there's three Fuji boys, and they were always the boys. You know, when we were younger, that it would be like, what's your Fuji type? Right. Like what's because they kind of represent very they're all very handsome like guys. Like ice cream. Basically. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and girls would sit yeah. at parties and, and look at them, just like stare at them and be like, I think I'm a Brady. And I, I was always a Danny. Danny was always to me. I could tell like there was a lot going on there and he was always a little more aloof. I'm a sucker for the ones that, you know, aren't the top dancers that are a little more mysterious. Mm-hmm. And. And he was, he's such a creative. I mean, like a very soulful creative. I always was attracted to him, but I never thought that we'd end up together. But I'm so glad because I did so much work on myself from like my relationships. And I finally was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I have to like figure out what the fuck my problem is. And, or at least own whatever the problem is. And then I have to like, Just be alone for a while, you know? And that's what I did. And so I was alone for, like, three years. And I don't think if I took that time to really just be with myself and be so happy alone with my two boys that I would have allowed that relationship to unfold the way it has. It's the most beautiful relationship. And I am so—he's just such a grounding force for me. I have amazing relationships in my life. But, like, Danny is
1: just— has been really mm-hmm. special for my fam, me, my family, and my kids. Well, it kind of makes sense to me because it connects. One, it connects the whole world and the community that you grew up in and know. And mm-hmm. two, it's grounded you in a way that now you're braver than than. Yes, maybe it was COVID, but also I think it's like you're in a place in your life now where you're like, "Fuck it, I'm going to release yeah, the album. I feel s- I'm going to do this." Like I said earlier, Glass Onion is a great kind of reintroduction to you. I want to be very
0: specific about the people that I'm working with now. If I get an opportunity to work with great directors, like that's really what I want to be focused on. And I feel really lucky that I actually can do that. I can take a step back and I can kind of really make the movies that excite me. Obviously it starts with the storytelling, but really, I mean, the filmmakers and, and the people that I'm working with, I just want to like wait for things that really inspire me i think glass onion did that really reinvigorated that for me working with people that i admire was just i that's that's where i want to be it's it's where i feel safest like you're saying when you're in a relationship that makes you feel safe you feel like you can jump off that cliff you know Mm -hmm. um not to say that i wouldn't do that without a relationship but when you have a good partnership it does, and then the same thing goes with director-actor. You can jump off the cliff and know that there's going to be a big old safety net down there that's going to, like, softly bring you down to the ground. You don't have to be afraid to take chances. Same thing with Bertie. Birdie's loud and big and bold. It's like if I couldn't go super far without having that beautiful, genius, talented director sort of Helping me craft what that was, you know, it it could have been a very different performance.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm asking everybody this season okay. a question about the little wins. Ooh! And I know you have three kids and a career. There's lots of chaos happening in your life. <laughs> What's been a tiny win lately for you?
0: Oh, a little win! I love yeah. that. Just a little win. I might make this one selfish because I'm not a very selfish person and I do a lot for a lot of people. You know, the little win for me recently really kind of has been being a part of this movie Glass Onion. Very rarely do you read a character that you love so much that you put yourself out there to, you know, want to get the part, but then to get the part, then to have the great experience... Then to have the outcome when you sit in that movie theater, like that collective enjoyment of a theater like so ready for a movie like this and for them to embrace it. This is a really fun ride of a movie. And to see all of that come together is so rare that moments like that happen. It gives me the chills like I just got the goosebumps. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't happen very often in a career, you know. It can only happen really a couple times like that, unless mm-hmm. you're like Meryl Streep or Tom Cruise or something like that. But, you know, it doesn't happen very often. And, and so th- I think this has been, I mean, Little Win. I would say a little bigger than a little win. Yeah, I was just going to say, a little win for me is a great cup for of me, coffee. It's like a, yeah, yeah. For me, it's like a big win. But since we're on the topic. Of winning. Uh, of winning. Yeah. <laughs> of, of Of like what that feels like, because it doesn't happen. I mean, there's so many little wins. A little win would be when someone makes me food. <laughs> or someone plans something other than me. I mean, I have this thing in our family, I'm like... Can someone, like, there's so much going on. It's like, I just, Danny's pretty good at it, I have to say. Like, you know, for, for a dude, he does a really good job of, like, planning stuff out. But I think a little win for me is just a really well-made matcha latte. That's your drink, a matcha <laughs> and latte? Just, we were and making someone, one for you and earlier And someone today. just <laughs> handing it to me, like, today. That was a little win today. I walked in. And Brad, my publicist, just handed me an oat matcha latte, and I was like, oh, I love
1: you so much. <laughs> so that's pretty little and pretty and pretty impactful, I would yeah. say. That um, counts. That definitely is a little win, and it's such a great L.A. moment, too. Yeah. Oat milk matcha latte, although I haven't had the matcha, but my kids are into matcha. I don't even know. I have to try it. My daughter loves to dress me, and
0: because I address her, you know, it's and and there's something about that to me is a little win because it's also a large win, because what I realize is that my daughter's a, a nurturer and that it's like I realize like, oh, she is going to take care of me one day and like that. That feels like a little win in the moment, but it's really a, a huge win and she and and the way that she she's also a Libra, so of course, you know everything's very particular, but she t- puts my socks on, puts my shoes on, she wants to put my pants on all the time. I mean, it's like she really wants to take care of her mom mm. and I'm like, oh, that's a a, a little win huge little huge win oh i
1: love that yeah. and i love you kate hudson thank you I so much you. for coming Thanks. on it's so fun. great to see you and catch up with you and um congrats on this movie and Thanks. all all that's to come Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery is streaming on Netflix December 23rd. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm Krista Smith, your host and creator of the show. Skip Intro is produced and edited by Isabel Arricchio and engineered by Dave Corwin. Special thanks to our coordinator, Alyssa Hillman. Please subscribe, rate, and review Skip Intro wherever you've been listening. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Krista Smith. If you enjoy the podcast, please go to NetflixQ.com for more. That's NetflixQUE.com.